Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. So we have been having a wonderful series on summer fruit. This is the last of the series. We have looked at what true success is. True success is being fruitful in God, doing what God wants. It's as simple as that. If you do what God wants, you're a success in this life. We discussed that fruit comes from little seeds that grow, a dream, an idea, a word. Small is good. Small as a kingdom principle, mustard seeds. Things start small. We talked about cultivating a fruitful life, having light and water, the word of God in our hearts. We talked last week about the fruit of the Spirit, all the character qualities that we want to have as we grow in Him. We're going to be beautiful people. And today we are looking again, we did look a little bit, but we're going back to John 15. So if you'd like to turn to John 15, we are going to talk about abiding in Christ. Verse 1, John chapter 15 and verse 1, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Jesus said, I am the true vine, my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. So what we're going to do is just follow this through down to about verse 16. So keep open there. Jesus says, I'm the vine, which is very humble of Jesus, isn't it? A vine, the son of God, son of righteousness, the king of kings, prince of peace. I'm a vine. Grapevines are not necessarily the prettiest of trees. They're, they're useful. They spread. So Jesus speaks of himself a very humble analogy, a grapevine, but useful and fruit-bearing. And he says, my father, God, is the in this version the vine dresser or the um, farmer or what the official word, I think viticulturalist or something like that. I'm not sure. I did look it up, but I've forgotten. <laughs> God is a gardener, basically. God is gardening this church. God is gardening us. So we just have to let him work on us and we will grow. If you've ever been out to those, you know, Hunter Valley, looked at the vineyards there, they look after them very well. It matters to a good, you know, I can't remember the word, Bitty, what is it? Someone tell me. Vineyardologist? Vineyard over. Yeah, they, it matters to them to have a great vine, doesn't it? They look after all their vines. They carefully wrap them up. They make sure that they're very fruitful. And God is a gardener. I mean, God is a lot of things. And it's always amazing to me that they're happy to bring themselves down to such a basic and earthly analogy, you know, when you consider how glorious and amazing they are. But he uses this simple analogy of gardening and he's happy to call himself a gardener. So... Let's have a little think about gardeners. There's different types of gardeners in this world. Who has a garden? Everyone have a garden? Who, who enjoys gardening? Do we have any gardeners amongst us who actually get into it and enjoy it? A few. That's good. 
That's good to see. It's quite a lot of work, isn't it? So my husband, uh, we have a fairly big garden. And um, now he is very proactive. And I'm very grateful that in my life, I don't know if I've ever had to ask my husband to do anything. That's true. He, he mows the lawn before I ever ask him to do it. He puts the bins out. He does the washing up. He's one of those guys. He's just onto it. And he, no, he's really great. Like I hear women talk about, oh, you know, what do you do? You nask, you nag, you put up lists. What do you do? And I'm like, that's not an issue that I have. My husband is just doing everything. <laughs> Look, everyone has their strengths. There may be a, a little bit of a roast here. When it comes to the garden, so we, we, where we grew, we're up high, so we kind of look straight down into all the neighbours. Like, I literally looked straight into the neighbour's kitchen when we first bought the house. And uh, so we grew up all these lovely bushes and fatinias and lily pillies and different things and so that we can't see them. And so we have a nice hedge now, and, but the, those hedges need quite a lot of maintenance. Uh, they need to be cut back because otherwise they grow crazy, too tall and to the point where you can see underneath them. So we have to constantly cut them back. And Chris is fairly aggressive with his pruning. So it has been a little bit of an issue in our marriage. Sometimes when he prunes a tree, it has literally taken my breath away. To just, I just sometimes come and go, oh, what, what happened to the tree? Like it's just, it's gone. I'm just like, I, I've gone like, like that sometimes with shock at the extent of the pruning. And um, I asked him about it once. He was like, well, you've got to prune them every single year. Why don't you just do one great big prune? You don't have to touch it for four years. And I'm like, well, yes, darling, but, but it's logic. But the problem is that then you're looking straight at the neighbours again and it looks really ugly for four years. So it's like, the purpose of the branch of the, of in our garden, the purpose is screening and also... I want it to look nice, like, you know, aesthetics. So we have a little bit of a problem sometimes with aesthetics, with this super efficient form of trimming. In fact, we only had one like last year. He cut the main bush, the main one that stopped the neighbour's kitchen, just whoosh, and I'm just like, oh, there it is again. So anyway, come to the marriage night and uh, ladies, and we can talk about Different things. Don't you hate, I'll tell you one thing I just have to say, I really hate. You know this concept that when you want to correct someone, you do this praise sandwich. Have you ever heard that? Say something nice, say the hard bit, and then say something nice again. I'm like, that is so dumb. Who remembers the nice things? They only remember the horrible bit. And who wants a sandwich with something disgusting in the middle anyway? So forget that. That doesn't work. I'll tell you what does work, but that does not work. Everyone just remembers the bad thing. So anyway... Now, I would like to contrast my husband's aggressive, very helpful, but slightly aggressive approach with um, the wonderful Paul Tankard, who we love, who's gone on to heaven now. But he came to visit us one time and sweetly offered to cut back all our, our bushes because he is a landscaper, he had a business. And it was like, okay, sure. Well, the master craftsman. Apart from the fact that he was even doing that, like who goes to another country and then offers to do someone's garden? I mean, he's just he's such a lovely man. <laughs> but um, he got up there, he climbed right up. And because Chris, sometimes if you, 
Sometimes he doesn't want to get up to the back, so he's just kind of has a go at the front section like that. And so he's got this kind of weird sort of sloping approach to the bush. It kind of goes like that. Now, Paul climbed right into the bush and he cut away and he cut so well that you couldn't even see that he'd been cut. He actually would cut, he would leave little branches there so that the cut was hidden behind the branches. It was like magic. I was just like, wow. What a master gardener, so neat, so careful and so kind and wonderful. So when it comes to gardening, I would have to say that God is more Paul Tankard than Christopher Brown. He's very, he's very careful and very gentle, but he does like to cut. He does like to garden. So God is gardening us and we need to trust him. His whole approach to our life. We need to let him garden. Can you imagine if Paul came to visit and he said, um, and I'm glad I said yes when I had the chance, but he came and said, would you like me to garden, you know, to do your gardening? I went, no, don't touch it. Who, why would you say no? If anyone offers you free gardening, you always say yes. But why would you say no? God is our gardener. He wants to trim us and help us and make us awesome. Why would we resist? We do resist, but why do we? What, are we going to just grow scraggly and tall and unfruitful? Why would we do that? Let, let him garden us. Let him deal with us. Then we'll be beautiful and fruitful. God is the gardener. Let him garden. So let's keep going. Praise God. I'm on an iPad, you can't shut on me. So then he says, God is the gardener, I'm the vine, and God is the gardener. Now, verse 2 and verse 6. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Matthew Henry says this, we must be fruitful. From a vine, we look for grapes. And from a Christian, we look for Christianity. This is the fruit, a Christian temper and disposition, a Christian life and conversation, Christian devotions and Christian designs. We must honour God and do good and exemplify the purity and power of the religion we profess. We are Christians. So we must be fruitful. It's not optional. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not haven't got much happening in my Christian world. He says, no, no, we, we must be, we must be fruitful <laughs> or else, I mean, what about the Vietnamese pastor? You can take the cross down, but God will kill you. It's like, whoa, okay. I don't know about the theology behind that, but, you know, but these words are fairly strong, aren't they? That if you're not fruitful, he, he, takes, he takes those branches away, which you do. If you have a dead branch in, in your garden, you just cut it off. What, it's not useless. What's the point? Get rid of it. So well, who is that? Like, well, who, you know, sometimes I go, who, who, what? Who? Who are you taking? How does that work, God? Like in reality, in my life. And I think of perhaps phony Christians, Christians, people who by just family tradition, they're coming along to church or they're used to it, but... They're not genuinely attached to Jesus. They're not really in love. They're, another word for that is hypocrite. 
apostates, Christians who backslide, lead the faith. He's basically saying he removes them. Where does he take them? Where do they go? Like I kind of was thinking about some of these things and I was looking up some of the commentators and the best one I came upon was McLaren who said this, all is left vague with unexplained awfulness. Yeah. All is left vague with unexplained awfulness. Branches that aren't fruitful, he removes. And ultimately, of course, if they refuse to be fruitful and life ends, they are burned. Unexplained awfulness. So let's not be in that position. Let's decide to be fruitful. So he also says this, every branch that bears fruit, in verse 2, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Ha-ha. So I looked up pruning grapevines. Regular pruning is essential for controlling grapes and producing quality fruit yields. When it comes to pruning grapes, the most common problem, the most common mistake people make is not pruning hard enough. <laughs> so... If you feel like you're doing well, like I'm going well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something for God, then it says, great, now he's going to prune you. And that means cutting back. And again, what does that look like in our life? It means that some area of our life that seems to be going quite well, sometimes he, he cuts it back. Sometimes it, it, it stops. It's like, what? why? It's like, because, because you're doing well. Because God wants you to do better. Now, we saw this with COVID. God basically pruned the whole world, cut everything back. But there was a lot of good that came out of that, a lot of pruning. But perhaps you feel like, you know, you've been, you, you've, your finances are suddenly feel tighter and you cut back in your finances or you lose a job or your influence is cut, cut down or your stature. You know, you used to be someone and now you're no one and God's cut that off. He cuts things out of our life. Relationships. Have you ever had a friend who's cut you off, ghosted you as they say? I certainly have. It's kind of an unpleasant experience, isn't it? People leave you or had one friend who just, I don't know, she got annoyed with me. She didn't want to talk to me. It was very upsetting. It's like, I, I didn't know why. I tried to reach out. So I, don't, I don't want to talk to you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's really horrible. So that's a, that's a pruning, isn't it? And you've got a relationship that's cut. That particular one was good because we got back together again after a couple of years. And I was kind of, I didn't want to say too much. I'm like, so, she goes, I don't know, it was just a devil. And I went, okay, we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> we, we have some weird experiences sometimes when we're Christians, but we just have to move forward and keep loving. So there is discipline and there is suffering and there's cutting back. But again, he's a good gardener and we have to trust him that if things are feeling cut back in your life, if things are feeling harder, if things are not what they were, sometimes it's a good sign. Sometimes we have to trust that that beautiful gardener is, is wanting us to be more fruitful. He's wanting more in our life. He's very kind. He's very loving. Let's look at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken with you. And verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So there he says, you're already clean. You've already, the word of God has already cut and cleansed us. The word cuts, it cleanses. 
It makes us better just reading the Bible if we will obey it and listen to it. So sometimes I know when we read the Bible, we just sort of, I don't know, we just ignore it. Sometimes we see what we need to do and it's hard to obey. You know, trust in the Lord. Don't worry. Like that, don't worry is a command. I was reading that the other day. Do not fret because of evildoers. Don't worry. And I'm, it's, it's you think, yeah, but I, I am. I'm upset. It's like, yeah, but he's saying not to. So that's actually a point of obedience. It's not a point of, yeah, well, that's good. But, you know, I'm just so upset about this. I'm like, oh, how, okay. Huh. So I have to obey that. It's interesting, isn't it, to obey with your emotions? Because we tend to think in our society that my emotions are king. If I feel something, I, I, I feel it. But God is quite happy to tell us how to feel. And we actually have to obey. And we're not used to that concept. We're used to the idea of, you know, my emotions are so important and what are you going to do about them? And I need to talk about them and analyse them. And God's saying, just stop worrying. It's like, okay. So I actually had to do that recently. Just, okay, I won't worry. Song of Songs 2.15 says this, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines. Our vines have tender grapes. Sometimes it's just the little things in our life, little foxes, that can ruin the grapes, that can ruin the fruit. Sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm not going to backslide. I'm not one of these hypocrites or apostates or whatever. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm staying with God. It's like, good, good decision. But we also need to watch out for little foxes that spoil the grapes. Little bursts of irritation and impatience, individual corruptions, sinful appetites can be like little foxes. They can be little but dangerous and ruin the vines. So we need to watch out for that and allow the word of God to keep us in a place of obedience, to obey it. Because otherwise, even though we're still with Jesus, we can be fruitless because of little things. Obedience is hard sometimes, but disobedience is harder. So choose your hard. Verse 4, or five, 4 and 5. So then he says, Abide in me and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So if we don't abide in Jesus, we can't bear any fruit. No fruit. No fruit. I, I just think about that sometimes. No fruit. Think about, we know that this word fruitful is like successful. He's saying no success. None, none, nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. I can't get over that. So we live in a world that is so full of success, so full of what people are doing and, you know, whether on Instagram or their businesses or they've made millions of dollars and they've bought boats and they've done all these amazing things. And he says, nothing. It's nothing. You'll get to eternity and you'll come before God with all your things and he goes, no. Nothing. I see nothing. I didn't ask you to do that. That wasn't with me. That's not what I wanted you to do. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't abide in me, he says like this, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Now you might say, but you know, I see people, they seem to be doing stuff. It's like, yeah, it's, it's like plastic fruit. <laughs> you know, you've ever seen those bowls up back in the 70s, they used to have all these bowls of plastic fruit. And plastic flowers. Actually, we've got a garden near us. Have you seen that garden? They've planted plastic, plastic. Outside their house, 
They, they did a whole. They they did a whole new, you know, landscaping thing. Beautiful, creative sort of retaining walls, and then they stuck in plastic plants. I'm not even kidding. I just walked past and went, "What? Oh, you're visiting? Hi. No, but um, let me help you. <laughs> look, it's not. It doesn't look that great. And after you know this summer, it's all faded and. It's not, it's not, there's not, I'm thinking, look, what are you going to do with all that plastic fruit? You've got to pull it all out again and put in another batch of plastic plants? It's, honestly, I think it would be probably just as much work as planting actual plants. You can get low-maintenance plants, like if any of you have plastic plants. I, have, I have, do have the odd plastic plant inside, I must admit, because just a little bit of greenery here and there, because I can't always be bothered watering, but... Outdoors, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, it's not of great value in terms of fruit bearing. That's for sure. Even if it looks okay, it's not bearing any fruit. I know, you know, Byron's the expert on plastic grass. <laughs> but, you know, even Byron will admit that real grass has its benefits. You, you, there's no fruit. It's not, it's not actually producing anything. It's not tasty. Let's make sure that we're not like that. We don't want to be, you know, just not doing anything of eternal value, when we go to heaven, I want to bring something with me. I want rewards. I want to have some fruit baskets. But not just when I'm in heaven. I want people to enjoy fruit in my life now. I want to enjoy fruit in my life. I like the feeling of being at peace. Peace is a fruit. I don't like it when I feel anxious and worried and horrible. I want fruit for myself and I love fruit in other people. I love being with Christians who are beautiful. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 20, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. You know them by their fruits. You know them by their fruits. If someone is full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control in their character, they're full of Jesus, they're full of the Word of God, something good's going on. You can't fake it. We all know the difference between a good real apple and a phony one. There's no faking in the Christian world. So we know them by their fruits. And this is exciting to be able to experience good fruit. Has anyone got a fruitful tree? We had a, a fruitful lemon tree once in our life, Mount Cola. We did nothing to it. And it produced so many fruits. That just, it was just constantly covered in lemon trees. It was such a delight. I felt like such a winner. You know, when you go out in season, there are just yellow everywhere. I'm like, yeah. And you just pick it all and just giving it away to everyone who want fruit, 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 fruit. You just couldn't give away enough lemons. That's a really great feeling, isn't it? And that's what God wants for us. Just, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what to do with all this fruit. I'm just so happy. I've got so much. I, don't, I, I just want to give, 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 give. I can't, I can't stop. I want to preach. I want to witness. I want to love. I, I just, that's how God wants us to be. Just so fruitful. Meanwhile, in Lizero, because we did plant an orange tree thinking, wouldn't it be nice to have this same situation that we had in that other house? But then we also had to grow the fetinias. The fetinias grew up high and the orange tree gets no sun. So you got to, you know, it's not working for us. So this poor little orange tree, it produced a few oranges in the early days, but now literally none, like none. It, it produces no oranges at all because it gets no sun. See? You've got to pray if you want fruit. So um, it's just a really sad thing. It's a sad thing to have a fruit tree that doesn't produce fruit. It's got the green leaves. 
It gets stink bugs. Apart from that, it's not really very good. Let's not be like that. I don't want you to be a sad person that has no fruit. It's sad. It's like orange tree, no oranges. Not good. So, come on. Verse 5. Here we get to the core of it. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. There it is again. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So let's look at what exactly it means to abide in Jesus because what we need to focus on is the abiding. Because sometimes we focus on the fruit. I want this result. I want this result. I want, I want more of this or more money. Or I want to be more successful. I want to see more people saved. I want, we want the fruit. But Jesus says, focus on abiding and then you will bear fruit. So we need to know exactly what that means in my life to abide and we need to be sure that we're doing that because then we will produce fruit. He says, you will produce fruit. Listen to that. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. That's so exciting because I don't know how to produce fruit sometimes. I don't know how to change my character and I don't know how to create fruit around me and a successful life. But I do know I can abide in Jesus. So I focus on that. And then I trust and believe that the fruit is coming. Whether everyone can see it or not, that's, it doesn't matter. I, the main thing is that God, God knows I'm fruitful. So the word abiding simply, meno, Greek word, simply means to stay, to live. So when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, when she was pregnant, Mary stayed abided meno same word exactly the same word with Elizabeth for three months so there it is she just lived with him her Elizabeth and that's what we've got to do we have to live with Jesus we just live with him we first of all have to be born again come into his kingdom make sure you get that part right you've got to sort of you know knock on the door and enter in there's no point being in separate houses you've got to come into his kingdom and then he will join you to his very life there's some kind of spiritual thing that goes on. You're not just living in the same house, living in the same bedroom. He, we, he spiritually becomes part of us and we are grafted in to that branch, which is Jesus, and we become, his life flows into us. It's amazing. It's, I guess, a little bit like when you have a child that you adopt. Speaking of which, where is Keelan? <laughs> not here interesting <laughs> sorry because we have brought a child into our home so we know I know a little bit about bringing a child into your home is <laughs> not always around but so you you bring you bring someone into your home you adopt them in but it's even closer than that because then you you plug in and so it becomes I, I was thinking it's almost like an electric cord that you plug in so the power it's a power source now or of course a vine that's grafted in so the sap goes through. We're totally connected and that's what it means to abide in him. It means to make that initial connection. I'm born again. I'm close to Jesus. If you're not really sure that you've made that initial connection, be sure that you are. Now, I'm not talking about just believing in God. I'm not talking about agreeing that Christianity is a good religion. I'm not talking about like, oh, I've always been in church. I grew up in church, so I'm here. You can have a mental agreement without a heart connection. There's quite a lot of people like that. 
They do church. They do Christianity. But they're not connected. They're not like living together. You know what I'm saying? They're not, they're not really heart to heart with Jesus. Make sure that you're heart to heart with Jesus, that you're in love with him. This is a love relationship we're talking about. You, if you want someone to come and live with you and be married to you, we, you know, even in our society, it's, it's love. You love them. Jesus is loving you when he asks you to abide. It's not some sort of theological concept. Right, it's another thing I've got to do. I've got to abide in Jesus. It's like, no, I just want you to, I want to love you and I want to be with you every day and I want you to love me and be with me every day. It's love. It's like, this is the best offer you've ever had in your life. Think about it if you have a super rich friend and they just say, you know, this, imagine that's just the, mo- the, the richest, most glamorous person you can think of. And they've got like houses around the place, like one in Paris, one in Aspen for a bit of skiing, you know, one in Sydney. And I don't know, just really rich people got houses everywhere. And they're just glamorous and lovely and charming and charismatic. And they go, I just really want to be your friend. You go, sure. Sure, I'll be friends with you, <laughs> if only to go and visit all your houses, you know. Like, why not? This is a good offer, so long as they're quite nice. I don't think I have a friend like that. Does anyone? <laughs> I know, right? I was trying to think of the richest place I've ever stayed, and I thought, my friends are all pretty standard. But this is like Jesus offering to, to live with us and bring us into his world, which is the best world ever, and it's beautiful. And he has got houses all over the place, if you need them. He can make them available. This is a great offer to be connected with him and to work with him and love him and stay there all day long. So on an everyday basis, it's just about making that connection. Be sure that we're abiding every day, not just sort of once off in my life I've started. It's I'm going to wake up and connect. It's connection. It's connection. What do we do when we wake up? What do we do? Do we just wake up and get on with the day or do we wake up and connect? Because we're abiding, we're living with him. It's no good living with someone if you don't talk to them. I don't know, we've probably married couples. Have you ever had moments like that where you're not talking? It's horrible. It's actually worse, isn't it? When you're not sort of, you're, you're sort of in silent zone or you're living with someone and it's like, mm, I don't want to talk to you. You know, you're not getting... He wants us to live together and he wants us to be, he wants his word to be in us. In other words, we're taught we're listening to him. It's no good living with someone and just, you know, you have someone over and they just they don't want to, it's like I don't want to, I don't want to be in the same room as you. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to eat with you. Are they in the house? Yeah, they're somewhere up there. They don't want to talk to us. That's very unpleasant. We asked someone over for dinner once who, and I remember I cooked all day long, made a beautiful meal for them. And then they rang up in the evening and said, I said, oh hi, you know good to come yes we're coming but um he said I'm actually fasting he said yeah I, I literally had been cooking all day and we'd asked them like this is a planned date we'd given them advance warning and then he said but I'm fasting do you mind and I went yes <laughs> yes I do he goes oh well, we don't mind we don't mind he'll just sit there and not eat and then but, 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 my wife will eat and we don't mind I said I mind 
I have been cooking for you all day long. I, I, will, I wanted to bless you. I want to eat together. I want to fellowship together. This is not my idea of fellowship, that, you know, you sit there fasting while we sort of like awkwardly eat in front of you. So we cancelled the date. And I think I had to find someone who wanted a nice dinner party that night. I was like, who will we ask for dinner? Because, you know, you can't, that's, that's, not, that's not the way relationships work. You abide with someone, you talk to them, and you, you work with them. So, and and. This is an all-day thing. I just want to encourage you. Connect in the morning. And he said you bear fruit. Now, remember the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I honestly find when I spend time with Jesus that I just have some kind of supernatural calm and peace and love. And I can handle stuff. And it comes from that connection. And it's not easy sometimes. You know, if you go downstairs and the kids are screaming... And there's all happening and you just feel the temperature rising. You just want to join in. I'm everyone, be quiet. I love that. Don't you love parents when you're screaming? Kids, stop screaming. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. So, you know, but, or whatever it is, if you're older, your kids might ring you up and say, I can't stand my husband, I want a divorce. It's like, no, you know, or all the different things that happen in life that cause us to feel terrible. You know, but we can have peace through all of that because we're abiding in him. And so what comes out at that moment is not screaming and yelling and frustration and anger, but love and joy and peace, grace, patience, courage. Everyone's laughing. What are you laughing about? Just that row. This is the way God wants us to live every day. This is not just occasional. This is an ongoing thing. What about the, the final fruit of the Spirit, self-control? If you try to do self-control, it's like, oh, I'm trying not to do it. I'm going to say no, I'm not going to do it. It's really, it's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be a fruit. It's like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I, I don't, you know, you're watching Netflix and some steamy new advertisement comes on and it's like, oh, this could be good, but it's going to be steamy. It's like, I don't want to watch that stuff. I hate watching that stuff. Makes me feel awful. So we just say no and go back to Grand Designs or <laughs> Chef's Table. <laughs> the same stuff we've been watching for the last 10 years because I can't watch anything that's been made in the last 10 years because it's all too sinful, basically. So that's okay. That's all right. So come on, let's just finish off here. There's so much in abiding. Obviously, we can't go through it all, but I just want to look through the last few verses. He talks about, he goes on to talk about just a whole bunch of beautiful things that are part of abiding. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. That's what it means when Jesus abides in us. His word is in us. We're just into that word. We listen to it. He goes on to talk in verse 9 about, As the Father has loved me, I, love, I have loved you. Abide in my love. And there it is. There's that love relationship. If you keep my commandments, you abide in love. Abiding in him is obeying him. When we disobey, we're walking away. We break connection. And if we, we need to get that connection started again quickly. But every time we disobey, every time we disobey, he's like, mm. he it's, you're breaking that connection. And you can feel it. I said to someone, how do you feel when you disobey God? And they said, clunky, clunky. I thought, that's a good word. Someone else said, sad. I feel bad. I just sad. When you, when you do watch that wrong thing or when you do do the wrong thing and you, you start to get disconnected. And if you're not careful, you can keep being disconnected and more and more disconnected until it's like a chasm. And then you, that's, 
then you're not bearing fruit. So we've got to go back quickly. We've got to stay in him, stay in his word and stay in his, his love. And look what happens. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Wow. He wants us to be full joy. I don't even know if I've ever experienced that. I want your joy to be full, full, full joy. Can you, can you say, I'm so full of, I'm so connected with Jesus and I'm so at peace and handling all the stuff around me that my joy is full. I don't think many of us can say that. But that's why he's saying, come on, let's live together. Fullness of joy, full. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So there's so many things there. Fullness of joy. He also talks about that our prayers get answered because we know how to pray. I can't, I'm just, can't remember where I saw that. It's just verse, uh, uh, what's the verse is it? Verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you desire, it will be done for you. So then it comes down to prayer as well. It's just, there's so much here, I can't go into it all. But I want to finish on one verse here. When we abide, we see all these wonderful things happening in our life because we're connected to Jesus. So of course amazing things are going to flow out of us. Of course amazing things are going to happen. Of course our joy will be full when we keep that connection close. But even more beautiful, he says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. That's verse 16. And verse 8, by this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So in all of this, we are blessed, but he is glorified. He's chosen us. He chose you to bear fruit and he's going to get the glory. We get blessed so much that he gets the glory. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah, Father. Just as we go to pray, I'm just seeing some shaky connections. You know, sometimes if something's not quite connected in, plugged in properly, it's sort of on off, on off, on off. See a few shaky connections. But God is good and He wants to plug us all in. So if today you feel like, I don't know if I'm really connected, I don't know if I'm really abiding living with you, Jesus. Right now, you have that opportunity to decide to do that. And I feel like God's saying, He's done all the hard work. He's the gardener. It's honestly as easy as sticking an electric cord into the wall. You just plug in. God is asking you this morning to do that, to make that decision. If you've never done it before, to decide to say yes to Jesus. Say yes. I want to be connected to your life, God. I want to be part of this amazing opportunity. Or if you've walked away or you're not connected as you should be, right now, make that decision. I'm going to reconnect and stay close. That's where I want to be. Father, I pray for everyone here. Just put your hand on your heart right now. Everyone here, Father, all those hearts connecting all those hearts close. Father, every one of us, connect us and help us to be close in Jesus' name. We want to abide in You, Lord. We want to bear a lot of fruit and we want to do it all for Your glory.
because you are wonderful. And we love you. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.